0: So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle brought to you by FullScale.io.
1: And we're back. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode of the Startup Hustle podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Conaway, founder and CEO of Innovate Her KC. And I have to tell you a little bit about the economic development corporation of KC Mo. They are proud to support the dreamers and doers in our great city through, they have a variety of programs actually, including things like Launch KC, KC Up. Uh, To learn how the EDC KC can help you launch, visit edckc.com. So today we have with us, um, I'm going to fangirl for just a minute, and and um, I have been looking forward to this particular interview, and I look forward to all of our interviews. All of the the guests on Startup Puzzle are great, but um, this particular guest has been a hero of mine for many years. Um, just extremely active, not only in the Kansas City entrepreneurial ecosystem, but beyond, and just has had an amazing impact and influence on so many entrepreneurial minds that I know on the entrepreneurial community as a whole. And she's just an incredible thought leader. Um, So, so honored to have with us today, Lisa Mitchell, General Manager of Techstars. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm thrilled to be here. This will be fun. I know it will be fun. So, so first questions first, and let's go ahead and kind of get the base out of the way before we continue on, but tell us, tell us a little bit about you, tell us a little bit about how you came to Techstars, just kind of give us some background.
0: Yeah. Um, I I met the founder of Techstars back when I was at the Kauffman Foundation. Yeah. Um, And I was at the Kauffman Foundation because I actually worked for the rocket ship that created the Kaufman foundation, um,
1: no when, I, way.
0: when I was 25 <laughs> years old, I went to work for Marion Laboratories. Um, so I'm old and,
1: um, <laughs> uh, can we but, say wisdomous and experienced like yes. that, that? You're not old, you're dead. Yeah, old. Lots of stars. <laughs> so I had
0: the opportunity to meet him, I think like 2005 or something. Um, right before he started Techstars, he'd worked with the Kaufman foundation years before in forming um the entrepreneurs organization and ypo had worked with neil and cliff had worked with with others in the community but he had um funded the creating launch of tech back in 2006. i knew the um the goal of tech stars back then as it is today was to help entrepreneurs succeed um in back then there was nothing much like it in the marketplace. And um, I think Brad's words were something like, we want to stop being a petting zoo for entrepreneurs in our communities. And instead, um, and what he meant by people running around and trying to give advice for entrepreneurs that maybe weren't giving the best advice. Um, so launched Techstars back then. And I knew the managing director of Techstars Boston and was a mentor back in like 2011. Um, so I've been hanging around a long time and then they finally decided to pay me.
1: Yeah, uh, well, well, that is incredible. And, and just for those listening at home who don't already know, the Kaufman Foundation, the Ewing Marion Kaufman Foundation is a multi billion dollar foundation that supports entrepreneurial thought, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurial ecosystems. And so, so you're talking, you know, Lisa kind of being in on the ground floor, you're talking to someone who not only is just a sharp, sharp lady, but has so much institutional knowledge around the historic perspective of entrepreneurship. Um, and so, so I want to ask you a little bit about that. Um, tell me, cause cause he kind of talked about the fact that, you know, back then, uh, I guess, entrepreneurial ecosystems weren't as strong and there wasn't quite as much of a uh, societal, I guess, knowledge of them. So talk to us about how that has changed over the course of your career.
0: Oh, my God. Um, everything has changed. I mean, back in 2006 and 2007, there was no such thing as an accelerator. At that point in time, there were a lot of incubators Um, that took all sorts of flavors Um, and and frankly there were all over the world I remember going to the national business incubator like global conference uh, when I was at the Kauffman Foundation in like 2006 or 7 and there were thousands of people there but they were all doing completely different things none of them were funding companies all of them were doing things in a different way and so you know what's what's happened since 2004 or five is, you know, more universities started focusing on the topic of startups um, because of Kauffman Foundation. And, and back then the Kauffman foundation was literally the only one funding research on this topic. Right. And so, you know, it was seminal work in, in the field of economics um, and economic development organizations didn't know what startups were. Um, and so they were predominantly focused on, you know, recruiting later stage companies. And so, so much has changed in terms of really understanding economically, the impact of early stage companies that, you know, that is your only zero to one, um, that is, is feasible. Um, you can't re- you know, it's very hard to recruit them from place to place, um, because they usually are place making, they grow wherever they're planted. Um, for a variety of different reasons. But, you know, what what we've seen, I think, in the last 10, 12 years, Techstars was created almost exactly in parallel to Y Combinator. One was in Boston, the, or Boston originally, and the other one was in Boulder. Um, and then ultimately, Y Combinator went only to San Francisco, where they're located, and we have 44 locations around the world. And so, you know, it, massive amount has changed, but I would say in terms of what does that really mean? What it means is that we understand better the economic construct and importance of um, entrepreneurs, founders, um, and we understand better how to scale companies than we used to. Um, I mean, Kansas City, as an example, is comprised pretty much every amazing thing in Kansas City um, except for maybe the World War One Museum, is but for an entrepreneur. You know whether that be the H and R Block uh, building, the you know the the Contemporary Art Center, to you know everything that Mr. Kaufman has done, the World Streetum and etc. Those are all but for entrepreneurs. Yeah. Um, and, and and so you know it, it was always right in front of our face, but we always looked at the end, not at the beginning. And so. Right what's happened over the years is a better and more focused understanding of what is the beginning of the journey look like. How do we do it in different fields? Um, some fields being easier than others, some requiring a massive amount of money. Others, you can start an internet company with nothing today. Right. Um, you know, an e-commerce business, you can start. Pre- so cheap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I, I mean, yeah, I would just tell you that that but for the Kaufman Foundation and the research that they did back then, um, we would know a lot less. And but for a many of many things that the Kaufman Foundation funded, I mean, we were the first check into Startup
1: Weekend. Um, yeah. which is that's right. I think I actually knew that, and startup full Circle to tech stars. That's um, right. <laughs> so, you know, there, there's
0: a, a a lot. There's a number of companies in Kansas City that we now call GovTech companies. That actually, the framework was created by the Kauffman Foundation, funding of Code for America, um, and the accelerator that went with it. Um, yeah. And so, you know, Kansas City is blessed to have all of that backdrop that happened a long time ago that actually people are building off of and don't even realize someone in Kansas right. City ever created it.
1: Well, because we, we have Kauffman right in our backyard. And incidentally, um, just so you know, we do have an episode of Startup Hustle where we interview Wendy Gillies, who is the um, executive director president of the Kauffman Foundation, and it's a really good episode. Um, so you should definitely check that out. But, you know, Kansas City, I, I definitely feel the effects of having the Kauffman Foundation and such strong entrepreneurial support organizations right in our very own backyard. It's really interesting. Um, you know, Kauffman every year, they put on the E Ship Summit, and it is actually a convenient. Of ecosystem builders from across the world, yep. and what's really interesting is we kept on finding as attendees that Kansas Cityans, uh, Kansas City-based ESOs, you know, we we had a lot more infrastructure or a lot more support than a lot of our folks coming to us from peer cities, yep. and that was because we have this inspirational monolith. Yeah. Kind of, you know, just right here with us and, and yeah. so helping us to build on the ground. And and so we're very fortunate yeah. in that regard. But you know, I, I really want to talk to you. I want to talk to you about tech stars. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I definitely have I have a I have a pretty good understanding of tech stars and what they do. And I have to tell you, your demo days, wow, chef's kiss, they're amazing. Um, uh, but talk to us about tech stars, you know, the program, how you give it give us the insight, give us the the back end knowledge.
0: Yeah. I mean, so the whole idea behind Techstars, as I said, was to create a a sharper construct of supporting founders to to growth. And it depends on where you come in, where you end up. Um, You know, I I had a, a company last year that I funded last summer through the Kansas City program, who was an actual idea when I met them in April. They created a C Corp um, two weeks before Techstar started and um, didn't have a product until about our program ended on demo day, the end of, uh, I don't remember the date, but the end of August or beginning of September of one year. And, um, you know, last month this company had 750K in revenue. Since the beginning of the year, um, they are about ready to go off and do a really big raise. And that was a company that is not, I mean, what is today? It's, you know, in the middle of the summer right now. And that company was created less than 13 months ago. And so it's a great example of, you know, it depends on where you start and when you come into Techstar. Some companies come in and their Jasmine Jones came in and she, you know, already had 300K in revenue. And Jasmine hit a million. Um, And so it depends on where you come in, where you go out. But our ultimate goal is to scale these companies over the long term. And so as Techstars managing directors, which I'm not one of anymore, but um, I love being, as Techstars managing directors, we work with founders forever. I mean, once we invest, both Techstars and the managing directors are on their cap table forever. And so we continue to work with them as they're raising future rounds, as they need, you know, strategic partnerships that are in our network that we can set them up with um, as they're struggling with talent issues or as they're going through a merger or an acquisition. We're there.
1: Yeah. Well, so I was I was going to ask you and you you kind of you you provided me with a lovely segue because yeah. the question that I was going to ask you was actually, you know, talk to us about the the user experience, you know, <laughs> when you're applying to elevate or to to accelerator programs. But you mentioned Jasmine Jones and she her company is uh, Cherry Blossom Intimates. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, about ready yeah. to name change, but yes. <laughs> okay, okay, all right. Well, then don't hold me to that if you're listening to yeah. this episode far in the future. Jasmine, yeah. uh, <laughs> but, you know, so, so for entrepreneurs like Jasmine and those who join your program, um, how are you recruiting, finding, like what, what kind of process are you using to attract entrepreneurs to your programming?
0: Yeah, so for all of the Techstars program, A, we have a sourcing team um, that is located in three different cities around the world. And the sourcing team is hosting clubhouse calls is, um, you know, doing events and things like that to find companies and then managing directors and people who are doing the direct investment are literally running AMAs constantly. Um, and frankly, most of all, I'm reaching out, we're reaching out to our own network. Uh, we re- reach out specifically to investors and say, introduce me to companies that were too early for you. Um, we reach out to, you know, entrepreneur support organizations. We reach out to um, former founders, our, our very, very best referral sure. um, because they've been through it and there's, uh,
1: yeah, they're they're in the thick of it for sure.
0: <laughs> they can tell you what, I mean, and it's frankly more important to hear it from them than it is to hear it from me. Uh, because they're the unvarnished truth about their experience. And so we consider them our most valued referral network
1: yeah well and so so let me just check my understanding. so so the tactical advice that we can give entrepreneurs is definitely you know find and follow tech stars around the interwebs and look for those kinds of events, those listening focus groups that like all of those things that you do that your team does on the ground. Yeah. Um, but definitely also cultivate relationships with other founders. yeah um, that that could be a key key piece of the puzzle. Um, okay well great. so so you have found. You have found a promising candidate. What's the Mm -hmm. next step? Um, Digging in. I mean, digging in as
0: it relates to what I would call early diligence. Um, I want to know, and the most important thing that early stage founders can share with investors, and we consider ourselves an investor, but the most important thing they can share with us is their why. I mean, one of the things that we know for sure is that early stage companies are an extreme... Roller coaster, not just a roller coaster, but they're the ones that flip you upside down um, and do all sorts of things and probably make you throw up. And so, it's really, really important that we understand the why of a founder because that's going to be their resilience. That's going to be their grit. Is their why, and and it doesn't even matter what the why is, but the fact that they have a why around why they are trying to solve the problem that they're trying to solve. And that they're attached to it in a deep reason is critically important and if you don't have a why you know it's a problem
1: (laughs) so so, so if somebody comes to you and says well my why is to make money like that's probably not what you're looking for there has to be kind of like a a very deep visceral attachment to yeah i mean
0: i want to understand the founder's understanding
1: of the problem
0: I mean, yeah. Jasmine Jones will fold we'll
1: that string. I know. I Jasmine, really love that we're we're uplifting her up as an example because I actually I actually know Jasmine and she's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Jasmine.
0: Why? Um, I met Jasmine at a, a SoGal event in San Francisco, and um, she got on stage and started talking, and I started crying. So it was pretty much. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. Um, and her her why was completely informed by the medical experience that her grandmother had. Right. And she didn't want anyone else to have that experience. And um, that's the kind of why that holds you through when things are not going great. Yeah. Um, and so- yeah, everything because
1: Things often won't be going great. Yeah, right?
0: things will often be great. Yeah. The other kind, but I, I don't want to tell people that, you know, just because you don't have like a massively tear-jerking social why. Um, other kinds of whys are, that are amazing are people who worked for a big company were super, super frustrated that the big company wouldn't take on XYZ product line to right. solve the problem for their customers. And they said, I'm out of here. I mean, those right. are the most successful founders. They, they deeply know their customer already. They leave and go start a problem to solve the customers that they already knew. And yeah. I mean, I'm all in. You give me that story, I'm all in. So
1: Well, and I, and I think what's really interesting to me, you're saying something really important, but you're also not saying something really important. You're kind of implying it where the the founder has to have a very strong they have to live in their why and they yes. have to truly really understand it but they also have to be able to communicate it yes. to yes. folks like you and yes. to their potential customers and to their potential brand advocates and so yes. when you're talking about someone getting up on stage and making you cry that is that's buy in yep you know so being able to to um I don't know, kind of craft that and hone that piece of the messaging, even if it's not super tear jerky. Um, that's hugely important. So, what are some of the things that you you look for as yeah. an evaluator when you're when you want to buy into effect, not just not just a concept, but a founder?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I really need to understand what the founder's prior journey has been, and again, it's very tied to grit. I mean, the reason the majority of successful companies in this country were started and scaled by first-generation immigrants, there is a reason for that. Right. And so I need to find more of that. I mean, everybody can't be a first-generation immigrant (laughs) that is criticized by their parent because they're not going to work on Wall Street and starting a company. Right. Um, But I need to find the reason behind it, the reason that is going to keep them sticking to this long-term. I need to understand their mentor ability. I mean, much of what we spend time in in early interviews with founders is giving them feedback and and making suggestions to them of things that they could go off and do, and frankly, figuring out, do they do it or don't they? Um, they, And and we never would assume to have all of the right answers. Founders, you know, in, in many cases, the best founders are creating a company that nobody's ever thought of and thinks is stupid. um airbnb people thought it was stupid who's going to rent out their bedroom um and so it's getting beyond um not only you know is this a crazy idea and the crazier the idea frankly the better but is the founder mentorable to be in a program because they're going to get a massive amount of feedback i could tell you you know companies um ceos and co-founders going through a TechStars program are gonna meet with up to 80 people in the first two weeks of program and sure. it, and it is like linda blair head spinning and um not always a fun experience sometimes it's awesome sometimes you you know end the day and want to, you know, go home and <laughs> get in bed yeah. um, because people are telling you your baby is not pretty. And, you know, I think the road that you're going down is stupid. And we at Techstars are there to say, yeah, that was really good data point. We need to get more data points.
1: Right. Yeah, so so when you're talking about that that crazy idea thing, um, there, there's this quote by Henry Ford that I I just love, and I know that Henry Ford is problematic as a you know individual, but he created a revolutionary company that changed the face of transportation, and, and he he said if I had asked the people what they wanted, they would have said faster horses right? I'm sure you've heard that quote before. And so, so I love one of the things that I love most about the entrepreneurial spirit is, you know, often you're innovating, you're, you're kind of adding to a process or you're creating new ways and new touch points and access points Mm -hmm. with your customers. But I really love disruptive products, those that completely change the face of an industry. And you're talking about like the Airbnb's and you're talking about the Ubers and you're talking. Yeah. So, so I just, I find that fascinating and I just wanted to kind of I want I know that for a second
0: <laughs> Just think about this I mean we see this so often with Techstars and I'll give you an example. Um, I mean we have a number of unicorns in our portfolio and yeah. probably the funniest example is Zipline. I mean Zipline's a unicorn company went through Techstars Seattle um, and it came in as a robotic toy. It was a toy just really? on the toy industry yeah okay. And only two years later did that toy turn into a giant drone that was figuring out what it was they were going to be delivering um, in this giant um, drone. And so what comes in isn't
1: necessarily what comes out. Right. Right. That, that is so fascinating. I, I actually had no idea. Well, thank you for sharing that. And that happens um, so many times. You can't even imagine. Yeah. Oh, well, And I mean, you think about it, like every single entrepreneur that I talked to at some point, they had a they had a pivot moment or they had a moment where they, they kind of had to have that come to Jesus talk with themselves, where they were like, the thing that I thought I was doing is not the thing that I need to be doing. Right. No matter what that looks like, whether it is R and D, whether it is product management, whether it's marketing, there's all we all have those moments where we're like, wait a minute, I have to be responsive and adaptive to change because clearly Something needs to change. Yep. Um, so, so I love that. And, and speaking of, I, I do want really quickly to to talk a little bit more about the Economic Economic Development Corporation of Kansas City, Missouri. Um, they so they talk a lot um, about things like innovation and mm-hmm. you know supporting entrepreneurs who are going through some really tough processes. Their whole tagline is let's grow Casey Mo. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, it, it really rese- represents how they work with businesses, large, small, just starting out. They, they want to help entrepreneurs and support them as they locate and grow in our great cities. So you can learn more at edckc.com. Um, Really quickly, you, you, you've you used this word twice, and I, I, I want to dive deep into this with you because I think it is probably one of the most difficult aspects, or I, I guess maybe it's been one of the most difficult aspects for me uh, as an entrepreneur, and I know a lot of entrepreneurs who share this struggle, but you talk about mentorability. And I do, I know that that is a huge part of the process. But the fact is, you know, when you, when you come up with this idea and you're promoting, you know, you're you're refining and you're ideating and you're developing, like it's your baby, right? Like you think of it as your child and you're fiercely protective of it. So I want to talk to you about mentorability because it's it's such a huge portion of the process like it's it's crucial you know you have to surround yourself with people who are smarter than you who can help you and take you to the next level but at That's the same it. time like yeah sometimes it really sucks to have people say like what you're doing isn't good you need to throw it out do something else mm-hmm. so so how do you work with your 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 cohorts and the entrepreneurs that you work with and help them come to that understanding of coachability and adaptability and mentor mentorability I do love that word by the way yeah.
0: no, <laughs> I, I doubt it's a word but <laughs> no, I love it, it's, love. Just, it's so perfect yeah <laughs> and, I mean this is this is why we came to you know a big part we we are a mentor driven accelerator that is exact language that we use yeah. and so the mentors and we have a global, a global Techstars network of mentors of thousands of people around the globe that have helped tons and tons of Techstars company and alumni that become successful become Techstars mentors. And many of them become Techstars MDs. (laughs) So it's a a flywheel. But um, the reason it, it is so important is ultimately a company is not gonna be able to scale if they can't essentially test things, you have to learn to be a tester and you have to learn to collect data, test, change, not change. Um, and I mean, because it nothing just like works easily. It just, I mean, maybe it does for someone. I don't think I've ever met that entrepreneur. And so there is an excessive amount of testing that has to happen early in the process. And the reason that we bring in so many mentors early is they're essentially looking at your company and the roadmap that you've built and the assumptions and hypothesis that you've built. And they're saying either, you know, maybe that's baloney. Um, I'm actually one of your customers, or I would be based upon your roadmap. And I'm telling you, yeah, no. Um, Or, hey, if you just thought about it, looking at it like this versus like this, it would give you an entire new roadmap and right. that's the kind of feedback they are getting by meeting six to eight people every single day that are executives, the right. former founders who are executives in companies, no strategic uh, partnerships, know this, know that, and their ability to do, I'll give you a wonderful example. Claudia and Carolina Ricci are two first time founders that came to Kansas city And um, I had met them right after Claudia graduated from college. Her older sister is her co-founder, but not that much older. And they had started this company while Claudia was a senior in college at Georgetown. And we're doing kind of well in this company. I knew the space because of some of the research that I had done previously and worked and I worked with a ton of universities. And I was like, sold, I'm in. They come into program, a week and a half into program, they came in to talk to me and they said, we're closing down our company, yeah. it's not scalable. We've gotten feedback from Doug Krebs in Kansas City. He knows this space, um, he thinks it's a stupid idea, four or five other people showed us how this isn't gonna scale and so we're not doing it. We have an idea that, is separate enough that we think we need to just close this company and start another company. And we're in the middle of mentor madness. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. And so we're literally crafting how they're going to talk about this every single day, almost as an AB testing opportunity because they had no company. I mean, it was nothing. Um, and I met with them in New York three days ago. They're doing amazing, like, amazing. oh, yes. <laughs> and, um, it, but I mean, this was a, this was a nothing. And they had to kill yeah. their company. They started from scratch. Doug Krebs, um, the Bradley family, a number of people in Kansas City were critical in helping them get their early customers. Actually, their first customer was Bernard Franklin, who was a former executive at the Kauffman Foundation, who had gone to a university on the East Coast. I called him and he said, I'll do it tomorrow. Um, and so you have to know that the founders that you work with or working with have that agile capability to test, take feedback, not die from it. And, and sometimes decide it's wrong. And, but that's why it's data. They're all just data points. You have to put a whole bunch of them together, decide which ones work for you, which ones don't and make some adjustments.
1: Yeah. I mean, you've, you've said some, some tri- Lisa, do you know how insightful you are? Like, yeah. I, I'm sure that you get told, uh, <laughs> but you just said some super insightful things. Cause I, I, I think that there it, it kind of boils down to two things. Number one is ego. Like I maintain that in order to be a successful entrepreneur and to really do the thing, you have to have a little bit of ego in the game because you have to be able to tell yourself that I am the best person. And this is the best product or initiate, or whatever it is. This is the best way to solve this problem. And you have to believe that in order to, to push through. But then you have to lift out that ego and you have to say, okay, I firmly believe in this, but I am also open to new information, additional insight, new perspectives. And I mean, the the strength that it would take to completely scrap an idea is just... <laughs> unbelievable to me. So, so I, I think that that's a really insightful thing that you said. And to our founders, you know, listening or folks who are thinking about founders, the fact is, you are going to be beaten up on this journey. I promise yep. you're yep. going to leave meetings and feel like you just had your ass handed to you and it's yep. going to suck, but then you're going to lift it. You're going to eat some ice cream and cry or whatever your coping mechanism is. And then you're going to go back to the drawing board and you're going to fix it. And you're going to end up with a product and a company that is better than ever before. Yeah.
0: Well, and what, what, you know, sometimes first time founders don't understand is at the end of the day, it's all about execution. So right. the idea to be the most amazing idea in the world but if your ex the path you choose to execute isn't the right path and you're not able to execute on that path and then you're not able to course correct and change that's For where sure. it all falls apart.
1: Yeah. Well, so, so, all right, so, we, so we've talked about mentorability, and I just, I, I love that, and I can't stress how much I think that that is such an important part of the process, and it was probably one of the more surprising parts of the process for me, like, I expected everything to, I think, be, because I believed in my idea so much, yeah. I thought that everyone would I, believe in my idea so much, yeah. um, and so that was a, it was a bit of a rude awakening, but it's actually one that I'm grateful for, because over time, it has helped me be better, you know, and and my organization be better. So, so what else? You know, we we've got mentorability. We've got you know, you have to buy in. You have to have your why. Um, you know, what else? When when people are applying to TechStars, what is the what's what's the next thing that just makes you sit up and say, wait?
0: Yeah. Well, the next thing is, I, I mean, you know, a, as a as an investor. The biggest question you have, we have to ask ourselves, is can we help them? And yeah. so, when people come to me with a company that I have zero line of sight in terms of, I mean, I, I've learned over the last five years scaling food tech companies is not my skill set. Did it once? Not my skill set, um, and, and and I'm not so unbelievably enthralled by it that I would go out and learn everything I can to do it. And so I'm just not going to select those companies. So so it's important that founders understand with investors, just because they say no to you doesn't mean you're going down a wrong, wrong road. It means they are the wrong partner. And yeah. so I always encourage founders, especially if I talk to them, and if it's something that I'm not interested, I'll say, here's three other people that you should talk to. I'm like yeah. not a girl. You, but here's three other people that you know. You need to go talk to Brett Broll. He is like the genius in this space. Yeah. Uh, and and so we use our network that way. Our own TechStars network that way is. I, I met a brilliant um, female founder that is going to be announced in a class soon. Um, okay. Very that, <laughs> but, but I loved her, and I I could have helped her but I actually know another managing director at Techstars, but this is like, he was a CEO doing a company like this. He knows this. Yeah. And so she was gonna be 10 times more successful if she went to that program. And that's our job as routers. I yeah. mean, we're, we're like a network router.
1: When it- you, you are a natural, con- I've noticed that about you. You are definitely a, you're a natural connector. Well, um, sure.
0: All of my colleagues are that way.
1: Yeah, I mean, we we are a
0: very interconnected system. We sure. all know strengths and weaknesses of others, and the ultimate goal for te- I mean, we all make money if TechStars makes money, and if companies make money, we all make money. And right. so, our our goal is the best interest for founders, not necessarily the best interest for just of us. Yeah.
1: Well, so so that's I love I love that that's how you view your work i mean i i think you know by now lisa that i've always been impressed by you but um, i think maybe maybe um that piece of you kind of spoke to me because you you always speak with such passion and i just love it um so so talk to me talk to us about this and I, i'm going to ask you a two-part question in one and i'm well aware that i'm doing it so just i beg your forgiveness um but what is next for for tech stars and for lisa mitchell
0: well, i'm already doing my next which is you know i took this general manager role yeah and, um I, I two things have to happen we have to figure out how to scale TechStars and take and invest in a lot more companies yeah. and so we're figuring that out um and at the same time i have one personal passion in life that i've had forever um, that I got to experience at the Kauffman foundation and I've not lost it. And that is to invest in underrepresented founders. And yeah. that is the most important thing for me to scale. Um, is that very specific component, um, in my own personal portfolio, my, some of my, um, top companies are, I don't know if you remember solo funds went through Kansas city, um, Tech stars. He's raised fifteen million dollars. He's doing just amazing, and he's solves oh, awesome. a real problem. Um, Elijah Smart Diagnostics in Kansas City. Most people don't know him because he's underground, um, but not literally. But um, <laughs> is is solving a amazing problem tied to um, food safety, and yeah. um, and it will be. I mean, he's going up against a market of which there is no competitor except for him. Yeah. And so it's oh, wow. going to be giant. Uh, both Black founders, both both first-time founders. Um, Elijah, when I met him, was 19.
1: Oh, wow. That's amazing. I I, I love that. Well, and, and I have to tell you, so, so I... That was actually going to be my last question or my second to last question, but I now I have another one. Um, so why is it so important to you to invest in underrepresented founders?
0: Um, I mean, we have to change what our economy looks like. Yeah. Um, I I mean, our, our economy needs to look like the people that are in our economy, meaning founders need to look like the, um, future majority of our population. And and so, if we are not able to get more women to become successful founders, we're going to fail as an economy. As in, economically, we will crash. If we don't have more Black founders addressing problems that are tied to potentially, in some cases, the community that they came from, we will fail as a society economically, not just in this country, but in any country. We need to figure out how we can engage the entire population. To solve problems, not just a small sector of the population, which is what we have today.
1: Yeah. Well, I I, I think you probably can guess that that I love that. Um, definitely, um, hugely supportive of intersectional leadership in general, and um, minority and women-owned business in particular. Um, so so thank you. You know, I just I really appreciate the way that you you approach you approach your work through that lens. That's fantastic. Um, so, so I have my human question for you and I don't think it's as fun or as stupid as it usually is, but it's something that I just really, really want to know. And I figure if I have you as a captive audience at the moment, you have to answer my questions. I'm going to take the opportunity to ask it. So there, (laughs) so tell me, uh, what do you love most about your job? Working with founders.
0: I mean, why, um, Seeing them, I was in New York this week and met two of my different companies, and I, I mean, it makes me cry. There, I'm so so thrilled at their success. Um, I, I and and seeing, I mean, they don't remember. It's you know, having a startup is like childbirth. You don't remember what the early days were like, and yeah. I remember. So vividly Claudia and Carolina sitting in a phone booth that we work screaming at each other in Italian um, because they were completely freaked out that they were closing this thing down. And here they are. You know, I took a picture on Twitter of them cheering, uh, cheers, cheers with each other. And they have no memory of that. And right. <laughs> accomplishing something huge um, in terms of helping people graduate from college that otherwise wouldn't have done so and and so just seeing it's like having
1: tons of kids i mean <laughs> yeah you know yeah you never hear about like the the dirty birth stories you hear oh, you, how you feel you hear about how fulfilling it is to be a mother how much you like you love your kids but you oh. kind of forget the 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 sweat and the I don't know the searing pain that it took to get there yeah, and the sleepless nights with yeah.
0: infancy which is yeah. you know, the start of it.
1: so I just
0: I I mean I I could care less to be lifted up I lift up others because it makes me I mean it's selfish I actually love it so much yeah.
1: Well, that that is is not at all surprising to me, but of course it is is lovely to hear. Uh, Lisa, thank you so much for taking the time to to chat with us today. And I mean, I learned a lot, and I very selfishly am just digging the fact that I got to talk to one of my heroes for 40 minutes. <laughs> thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And thank you, listeners. Um, Definitely want to tell you again, once again, today's episode of Startup Hustle was sponsored by the Economic Development Corporation of Kansas City, Missouri. If you're within the KC boundaries, you can find out who your business development officer is at edckc.com. We definitely encourage you to connect with these folks and they they are making a huge difference in our business community and they can definitely help you if you're looking for guidance, you're looking to connect with people who have access to resources and can help you in your business. Uh, Also, so you know, I, I wanted to. I keep on forgetting to tell folks about this, and I really, really need to. Um, but did you hear, Lisa? Did you know that we have a TV show? No. Okay, so we have Startup Hustle TV. It's this whole thing. Uh, we started a TV show, a web series about entrepreneurship. So if you head on over to YouTube, search for Startup Hustle, and you can watch myself and fellow founder cast members share the real story of what it takes to start, build, and grow a business. And we get real salty about it sometimes. I'm not going to lie. Like 11 o'clock at night, I haven't eaten all day and I'm just cussing at the camera, but it is a a fun journey to to go on. And we invite you to watch and learn a little bit about uh, the entrepreneurial process. Um, Listeners, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy, busy schedule to sit here and listen. Um, And we will catch you next time. Great. Thank you.